Thank you for joining us for another edition of The Urban Therapist. I am your host, Eddie Jean Hall Jr. And joining me today, as always, is my good friend, the co-host and the producer of The Urban Therapist, Mr. Lewis Rhodes. How you doing today, Lou? Hey, I uh, just got attacked by my microphone. <laughs> Off camera, my microphone like jumped off the stand and tried to. But I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to uh, be talking about today's topic. Okay, um, your microphone yeah. jumped at you. Huh? It, yeah, it, it was <laughs> almost a violent act. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you're all right. You got that microphone yes. under control because I, I think I got it and the mic right now. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Hey, we want to remind everybody, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Did I hit them all, Lou? You hit a lot of them, but that's that's good. You Just look for us. You'll find us. How about that? <laughs> and you can also email us at im.the.urban.therapist at gmail.com. You know, and, and we would love to hear from you and especially concerning the topic that we started with last week. And we're going to continue that topic, you know, on January 7th, 2023, a young man by the name of Tyree Nichols, Memphis, Tennessee, was pulled over by a group of police officers. And they said he was pulled over supposedly for traffic violation or they were concerned about the way he was driving that led to Tyree being beaten hospitalized and then dying three days later this was another in a series of events of African-Americans dying as a result of their encounter with law enforcement. What was really sad to me about this one is the fact that these officers were African-American. I'm getting my hat straight here, okay? These officers were African-American. They were part of an elite squad called the Scorpion Squad. And since, since this has happened, that squad has been disbanded. Tyree has been funeralized. And has been brought back to the attention of the people, the challenges that we have in our police department and again like we said the last show we have the utmost respect for law enforcement yours is not an easy job but unfortunately there are some who the way they police is dangerous especially if you're a black man i'm just going to be blunt I found this article, Lou, USA Today. I want to just share a little bit with our readers before we get into 
our topic. It says this. Well, well, the, the title of the article is Tyree Nichols' death is the latest example of a minor traffic stop turning deadly. I'm just going to read a little bit from that article. It says traffic stops are among the most common interactions between police and civilians, and the vast majority of them in uneventfully. But policing experts say Nichols' death again highlights the potential for traffic stops to quickly escalate into violent and even fatal struggles, mm. particularly for people of color, in part due to the way officers are trained. Now, you, Lou, you jump in any time out because I'm just going to read the article before mm -hmm. we get to the show, okay? What the encounter shows is just how quickly these encounters can escalate from zero to 100. It really does raise all sorts of questions about not only just de-escalating tactics during traffic stops and training, but what we're, what, but what we're allowing police officers to do in the traffic space to begin with. And that's a quote from a Jordan Blair Woods, professor at the University of Arkansas School of Law. Here's something for you, and I'm going to stop after this. How often are people killed after traffic stops? On average, police pull over more than 50,000 people daily and more than 20 million motorists annually according to the Stanford Open Policing Project. But black drivers are more likely to be stopped and searched, the study found. Since 2017, more than 600 people have been killed by police after an initial encounter related to a traffic violation or traffic-related offense, according to Mapping Police Violence, which collects data on police killings. More than a quarter, more than a quarter of fatal police shootings of unarmed black men and women between 2015 and 2021 occurred during traffic stops. As far, and this was found by a national public radio investigation of the killings. Mm. So I'm going to read that last one again. More than a quarter, 25% of fatal police shootings of unarmed black men and women between 2015 and 2021 occurred during traffic stops. That is sad and heavy. Mm-hmm. 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 So today we wanted to continue recognizing and sharing and, and bringing to the forefront the challenges that we are faced with in dealing with law enforcement at times and some of the men and women who have lost their lives in the last few years. Tamir Rice, 
November 22nd, 2014. Now, Tamir, go ahead and go to that next slide. Mm -hmm. 12 years old. This one hit me hard because I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. 12-year-old Tamir Rice was shot and killed by a Cleveland, Ohio police officer after reports that Rice was wielding a gun. They got a phone call saying somebody's outside with a gun. And the gun turned out to be a toy. A grand jury declined to indict the officer primarily on the basis that Rice drew his gun and pointed it at police. And uh, drew his toy. I'm sorry, drew his toy. Thank you. <laughs> drew his toy gun and pointed it at police. But Rice family received a $6 million settlement with the city of Cleveland. He was 12. 12. He was outside playing around. And I believe the gun, the toy gun was orange. Mm. If I recall correctly, there was there was something I remember in that case where there's a clear distinction that it wasn't a real gun. I think it's like any toy gun that looks real, they okay. paint a part of it orange or something because officers are supposed to know when they see that, that it's not real. Wow. Let's go to Freddie Gray, April 12, 2015, very next year. Freddie Gray, and you know what's funny, Lou, just real quick, as we're going through these slides, it's like everything is just coming back to me. Definitely. You know, and watching and seeing this. Yep. Freddie Gray was arrested in Baltimore, Maryland for possession of a knife. But 45 minutes after he was transported in a van to the police station, he was found unconscious and not breathing, his spinal cord almost severed. He died seven days later while in a coma. The medical examiner's office ruled Gray's death a homicide, but the six officers charged were not convicted and Gray's family received a $6.4 million wrongful death lawsuit settlement. Let's keep going. Alton Sterling, July 5th, 2016. And folks, remember, we're just talking about the high profile cases here. Right. Because there's plenty of cases that are not on this list that have happened in between these times. Alton Sterling was shot and killed by two Bat Baton Rouge, Louisiana police officers who claimed Sterling reached for a loaded handgun in his pocket while they were trying to subdue him. Neither of the officers were charged in his death but the city of Baton Rouge settled a $4.5 million wrongful death lawsuit with Sterling's family. Did they ever find a gun? Let's go to the next slide. Philando Castile, July 6, 2016. Philando Castile was fatally shot during a traffic stop in suburban Minneapolis, Minnesota, 
by a police officer at the Castile told him he had a license to carry a weapon and reached for his pocket. He was going, he was pulling out the proof. Keep going. The officer was acquitted of second degree manslaughter charges and fired by the city of St. Anthony Police Department while Castile's family received a $3.8 million wrongful death settlement. Yep. And I don't know. Go ahead, man. Nah, I was just going to say that one, like you said, some of the others hit you. That one really hit me because I was like, this man declared his weapon. He, he was like complied. He told the officer, yes, I have a weapon, but I also have a permit. And then it was, and that one, I, I, I watched that one and was just like, what, what else could he have done? What else could he have done? And, and his girlfriend, if you remember, was sitting in the seat directly next to him as he was gunned down. And she was, and she recorded the entire thing Facebook Correct. live. Correct. So, so how she would not have done that if he was reaching for a gun, because that would have just been proof that right. he was guilty. Correct. Yeah, I, I watched that one too, man. Yep. Stephen Clark, Stephen Clark, March eighteenth, twenty eighteen. Now with Stephen, he was shot at least seven times in his grandmother's back in his grandmother's backyard in Sacramento, California by police officers who were responding to a, to a nearby break-in. Neither officer was charged in Clark's death with both saying they feared for their lives, believing Clark had a gun, even though the police only found a cell phone at the scene. You remember that one? Oh, yes, definitely. A cell phone in his grandmother's backyard. Botham Jean, November 6, 2018. With Botham, he was fatally shot in his Dallas, Texas apartment after an off-duty police officer entered his apartment. She went into Botham's apartment saying she thought she was in her place and shot Gene, believing him to be a burglar. She shot the man in his own apartment. When she entered illegally, which, which is the craziest part, she entered that apartment incorrectly. I won't say illegally, incorrectly. The officer was found guilty of murder and sentenced to 10 years in prison. This one, Brianna Taylor, March 18th, 2018. Say her name. Brianna Taylor was shot eight times as she was sleeping in her Louisville, Kentucky apartment during a police drug raid in which her boyfriend fired a warning shot claiming he did not hear police knock. 
The three officers were acquitted with one of them being fired from the police department for blindly firing into the apartment and Taylor's family receiving a $12 million settlement. Yep. And this brings us to George Floyd, May 25th, 2020. George Floyd was subdued with a knee to the neck for approximately nine minutes by a Minneapolis, Minnesota police officer who was found guilty of murder and sentenced to 22 years in prison. Three other officers involved, involved in Floyd's death were convicted in federal court of violating Floyd's civil rights and Floyd's family settled a $27 million wrongful death lawsuit with the city of Minneapolis. Mm. And that last one, the George Floyd one in the middle of COVID, right. that showed the power of the, of, 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 of the media, it showed the power. Well, you know what? I said I wasn't going to do any commentary. Let's, let's keep going. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, if. That one could have gone a whole different way if the circumstances of everyone being home and watching their news every day was not the, the, the facts. And that's, and that's the one that's like you said, there's an entire recording of what happened and it still didn't convince some people that wrong was done. <clears throat> Just think if that young lady hadn't had her phone. Yep. I think, didn't they make a law about her though? They made a, or at least they tried to make a law. I don't remember if it passed or not about bystanders recording. Now I haven't heard about that one. We'll have to look into it. I'm pretty sure they tried to, even though this happened and we see it as a, uh, a justice being served, they still tried to find a way to punish the person who recorded. Um, I can believe, yeah, we're looking at that. Just like I want to look into, um, th there are some uh, governors who are trying to pass a law uh, that if you are, they're trying to shut down peaceful protests. Mm -hmm. You know, and and if, if something goes down, uh, they're, they're just trying to shut down everything. Sure. But I know specifically what state I'm thinking about with that one. And so I'm going to get the information on that and we'll look up that one too on the recording. Let's go to the next slide. Dante Wright, April 11th, 2021. Dante Wright was shot and killed by a Brooklyn Center, Minnesota police officer during a traffic stop in which the officer claims, I remember this one too, she accidentally shot Wright believing she was using her taser instead of her handgun. 
I believe she was using a taser instead of a handgun. Potter was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to 10 years in prison. And a man is dead because she thought she grabbed her taser instead of her stun gun, instead of her, instead of her, her gun. Correct. Practice Patrick Laoya, April 4th, 2022. Patrick was shot in the back of the head by a Grand Rapids, Michigan police officer during a scuffle in which the officer was trying to detain Laoya, who tried to flee the scene after a traffic stop. The officer was placed on paid administrative leave and I think as of the date of this particular article has not yet been charged in Laoya's death pending a complete investigation. And I got to follow up on this one, Lou, to see what the outcome was. So these... There's others, but... Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I'm saying that was, there are others that have happened um, that are not being presented today that I'm sure as our audience that is familiar with um, the plight of, uh, I would say the modern black man driving while black and being in situations that turn into he said, she said, except there's video evidence to prove otherwise. So it's just the idea that we do have a problem and the problem has existed long before the last eight to 10 years, but a lot of light is now getting shined on that problem. And as the light is, is showing what's going on, I want to remind our, our, our listeners, we are not promoting hate or, or anger. What we're simply promoting, and like you said, what you're talking about is there's an issue. We awareness. can't say, I'm sorry. Awareness. Yeah, we're promoting awareness. We can't say there's not an issue. And, and, and that's what this timeline was about. And and, and and when I heard about Nichols and, and I think <clears throat> this is about the fact that this is an issue. And now, okay, and so for those who may try to think that we're making it just a color issue, no. Because these were black officers that beat up. Tyree, these are black officers that beat up, up Tyree and, and caused his death. So, and uh, by the way, the article that I read from, the, the author of that article was, uh, last name is Yancey hyphen Bragg. Yancey hyphen Bragg, and there's an article from USA Today. Tyree Nichols' death shows that <clears throat> it's a what kind of issue can I call it, Lou? These were black officers that right. did this. Right. Well, look at the title of our episode. We ain't there yet. 
And that's what I think this Tyree Nichols death shows is that you mean to tell me that one black man in that group couldn't say, hey, wait a minute. Yes, we can detain this brother, but we can't treat him like this. Out of out of all the and if you watched the video, you saw that paramedics arrived mm-hmm. and they stood by and did nothing for minutes. Just just this idea that again, I know it takes courage to stand in the face of adversity. I know it does. And this is an example of what happens when that group or gang or mob mentality takes over. But someone, again, in, and that's what Al Sharpton pointed out at the funeral, in the city where Martin Luther King was killed, the, the people who should have at least thought about black people treating each other right It's uncalled for. And this is one of the reasons, Lou, and I I appreciate you working with me, man. I wanted to do this timeline and I wanted to talk about this because you're right. When you hear this show, we may have concluded the celebration of Black History Month. But we went into Black History Month with this incident. With this. We've got a lot of problems that we face in our community. I think one of the biggest problems that we face right now, and, and I'm guilty of it, and I have to be the first one to apologize and, and put me on the clock, Lou, because I know we're getting ready to wrap. I just want to say this. I believe in the American dream. I do. But too many of us have so bought into the American dream that we've forgotten we haven't reached it yet. Just because some of us may live in certain neighborhoods and some of us may have achieved and succeeded in certain career goals and and different things, that does not mean that we have overcome. That does not mean that we still don't have the issues and the problems that we have. But, and like I said, I, I am guilty of it. We stop putting the fight in the forefront. We stop promoting and, and talking about the importance of, of civil rights. We, 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 we don't talk about enough and promote our history. We don't, and not from the perspective of hate, but from the perspective of we need to know because knowing our history and talking about our history and keeping it in the forefront promotes pride. But we we call we bought into the American dream. Too many of us think I've got mine. Get yours. And when I say us, I mean us. 
And so we don't talk about civil rights until something like this happens. And then we get all emotional, we get hyped, and then we go back to the norm. And folks, I'm gonna tell you, like I tell my clients, like I tell my groups, emotion is a catalyst for change, but it will not sustain change. So we can get upset, we can get angry about what we've seen, what we just read, what we just went over the last two shows. But what I want you to do, I want you to do your homework. I want you to think about it. I want you to read up on it. And I want you to think about what you can do to make a difference. That's one of the reasons I'm in this field. That's why I've chose to do this. That's why I've chosen to work in the different areas and the venues that I've chosen to work in as a mental health counselor. We need you to make a difference. We gotta, we gotta stop thinking that we're there. We ain't there yet. And you can say, oh, well, you know, what can I do? You can get involved. I can't tell you how to choose. You don't have to join an organization or a program. Work with a family that you know need help. Get within your own family. You got nephews, nieces, cousins, uncles, brothers, sisters that need you. If you got it, help them to get it. And if they don't want to get it, then find somebody that does. Find somebody that wants to learn, that wants a better life. Give what you got. Stop thinking that we got it. And then when stuff like this happens, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, yeah, believe it. If you think racism still doesn't exist. But I ain't mad at the racists. I'm mad at us. They're not doing anything about it. What you going to do? How are you going to make a difference? I'm Andy Jean Hall Jr. You've been listening to The Urban Therapist, along with my good friend and co-host, Lewis Rhodes. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We want you to find us. We want you to come on, talk to us. <clears throat> Tell us how you can make a change. Take care, everybody.